0: It's Christmas, amen? So why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to read. If you don't mind, we're going to read a lot of scripture this morning together, because we're going to read through the Christmas story, and uh, and we're going to talk about some things about that. It's Christmas. We're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I know you think it would be neat to have an angel stand in front of you, but I'm telling you it's not. There is no one in Scripture that ever had an angel visit them and go, "Dude, you're an angel." This is awesome. They were all like, I didn't do it. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great. He'll be the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Then we'll skip back to Luke chapter 2. Are you still following me? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And then back to Matthew chapter two, starting in verse 13. And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Archelius was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that it would be called a Nazarene. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you sent Jesus. Your son. That whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you that we can celebrate his coming today. We pray, Lord, that as we look into your word, you change us. Lord, that as we're sensitive to you in this season, God, that you make us more like the one you sent. We thank you for this opportunity, God. And we look forward to your presence. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Are you may be seated. Hey, can we do a little exercise? Can you close your eyes? Maybe rock your head back a little bit. And think if God were to bless me today, what would it look like? Take another 20 seconds. Some of you have big blessing dreams. If God were to bless me today, what would it look like? What do you see? More money? More talent? Influence, greatness, kids that listen, a better marriage. What do you see? All right, don't get lost. Come back. <laughs> Some of you are at the beach. Actually, the greatest blessing to ever come to the earth was Jesus Christ himself. So an, the angel Gabriel comes to a young girl, a virgin, and says, you're gonna give birth to the Savior of the world. You're gonna give birth to the Savior of the world. Now, I, I, know, I know it's Christmas time, and we spend a lot of time looking at manger scenes and how nice they are, and, and you got the perfect little animals that smell good and, and all those things, but, but back then it was a little bit different story. It was hard living, but she was visited by an angel to give an announcement that God is going to bless you and through you bless everybody now i w- I would think that Mary spent a couple nights pondering how all that would come to pass. Well, surely, if God is going to have me have give birth to the Son of God, then then my lifestyle is probably going to improve a little bit, right? I, I, I'm probably, he, he's probably going to do something really cool for me so that everybody can see. But what we read is quite different from that. And we read through a lot of scripture to, to find that, that Mary's life actually, for all accounts, got turned upside down the minute Gabriel stepped into her presence. He says, you're going to give birth to the Son of God, and he's going to come, and he's going to be the Savior of the world. And she says, well, I mean, I'm just a kid, but I don't even know how this is going to happen. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and you're going to become pregnant, and all these things. And I can imagine her thinking, Joseph is not going to be happy about this. Joseph is not going to be happy about this. So I'm going to have to tell him I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had to explain a blessing to somebody? Like you came into some money and everybody thought you robbed a bank. You're like, no, 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 God, God just gave me this money. Well, I mean, how'd you get it? I mean, you know, (laughs) can you imagine hearing of the greatest blessing ever known to man and then trying to explain it to everyone else? But we don't want to stop there because Because what happens is actually something like this. Mary's told she'd give birth to the Son of God. She has to tell Joseph that she's pregnant, but the baby is not his. And there's not another man. And there's no Jerry Springer show to figure it out. (laughs) Joseph does an extraordinarily gracious act. In that culture... Joseph is as gracious as any man walking the planet when he decides to put her away quietly and not expose her to public shame, but he's gonna divorce her. You have no idea how gracious Joseph's being, but God comes to him in a dream and says, don't divorce her. She's telling the truth. Could you imagine? I know what, I would've, I would've looked at the angel that came to me and went, really? 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 We were gonna have a normal wedding We were going to have a normal marriage and now, okay, okay, let's see how this plays out. So he, he, an angel comes and and tells him to, it's, it's okay. Joseph obeys and takes her home but doesn't consummate the marriage. Guys, I'm not even going to talk about that. You have no idea how obedient Joseph is. Think about it. But then after that, there's a census that takes place. Now, now we've had three kids, and, um, and I was never pregnant for any of them. But I, I had some sympathy pains. I gained some weight. I, uh, I mean, she woke me up at night sometimes when she could. But, but if I can remember correctly, every census that I ever got was mailed. Anybody else? Some of you older folks may remember somebody stopping at your door. Anybody remember those days where they would knock on your door and they would say, this will only take a minute. You're like, you're from the Census Bureau. Wham, shut the door. So she's pregnant with the Son of God, and now we get to go on a trip for a census. This is awesome. Now think about it. So so what has transpired in nine months is that she finds out that she's pregnant with the Holy, with, by the Holy Spirit. She has to tell her husband. Her husband decides. And, and listen, I tend to believe she probably didn't run to him right away and go, hey, an angel just visited me. I'm pregnant. It's so great. I'm probably pretty sure you would wait until at least you started showing a little bit. I got to figure out how to reveal this. I got to figure out how to tell people. So within a period of nine months, she's got to figure out how to tell Joseph. Joseph has to decide to treat her right, and Angel has to come and give him a dream, and he has to decide now to, to stay with her anyway, and they have to now travel 80 miles to Bethlehem. So they hop in the Prius because they're green, and they and they, they just truck down and in about an hour, and no, it's four hours in a Prius because they're really slow, and... Um, <laughs> We used to own a Prius. I know what I'm talking about. So what happens is, no, they don't. They walk. 80 miles with a pregnant wife. You ever walked around Walmart? The pregnant wife. 80 miles. Could you imagine Joseph coming home from work that day and going, hey, uh, <laughs> This is awesome. We're having God's kid, and I just found out we got to go to Bethlehem. Saddle up the donkey. Only if you read anything about donkeys, you realize it would have probably taken them seven to ten days to make it with a donkey, because a donkey decides when it wants to walk, not you. So historians believe that they probably didn't even ride a donkey, because they're so cantankerous. So she probably walked All 80 miles. And if you walk eight hours a day at about two and a half miles an hour, you end up taking four solid days to walk. And I'm pretty confident they were out of Marriott rewards. So they were probably not staying in comfy hotels getting foot massages in between the journey. So they keep walking, they make it to Bethlehem, they have the census. She's ready to give birth. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever went to a town where something big was happening, but you got to get a room early. And do you know the Christmas story? They get there and there's no room for them anywhere. So she ends up having the son of God in a stable, basically. Puts him in a manger. Now, I know your manger is cute because cows don't eat out of it. But I doubt her manger was very cute. So she wrapped the son of God up in cloths and put him in the manger. You know why she put him down? Because she was tired. I'm sure at some point in time during her birth, she looked over at Joseph and said, we could have skipped the census. I could have had this kid in my house with my family but you made me walk all the way because you're from the house of david and now we're here in bethlehem and i don't even have a bet does your manger scene look like that mine never did everybody was always smiling everybody was like this is awesome the story's not over yet actually so, so there's shepherds out in the field. Angels come; they come visit. Most most scholars believe that it, that some time had passed before the the actual three kings arrive, the Magi. But they see a star; they make a make a trek to Bethlehem. So, so they stay in Bethlehem a while, but then. But then can you imagine before your kid, before your kid turns two, you find out that the highest politician in your land now wants your kid dead. Wait a second. Wait a second. I remember the angel coming to me telling me this was going to be a joyous experience. Now we've had the son of God, not in my house, after walking 80 miles, after, after delivering him in a stable, after, after dirty shepherds showing up, congratulating us, n- n- no, no, no important people even showed up. But now these magi, I can't even understand what they're saying. They're just dropping off stuff. But un- unbeknownst to me, they've met with Herod. And he's trying to figure out everything that's going on. And now he's really upset. And he's put a decree out to kill all the kids two and under. All the boys two and under in this region. So they have another dream. And God says, you got to get out of there and go to Egypt. Before the kids too. I, I don't remember singing any Christmas songs about that. Maybe, maybe our worship team should come up with a Christmas song about how Jesus almost got killed. <laughs> we could sing it at schools and Sunday school. There was that time when Herod tried to kill Jesus. Not too long after he was born. Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. Now that you're traveling another 60 miles outside of Roman control. Yeah, so here's Mary and Joseph again. Scholars believe probably a little over 60 miles, maybe three days journey, but now, they're, but now they've got a kid with them. Anybody ever took a road trip with a, a kid? I can remember having three kids getting in a car trying to drive to Myrtle Beach or something like that, losing my mind, <laughs> thinking, I can't take them crying anymore. I want to pull off and get in another family's car. Anybody? No? Come on, you liars. I see all of you. God sees you today. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We'll repent right now. Another road trip. Kid's not not even that old. Another road trip. So they go to Egypt, stay till Herod dies. And then um, Joseph has another dream. And he says, hey, the guy that was after your kid is now dead. You can go back. So they start making the trek back only to find out that where they were headed to is now controlled by the guy that was trying to kill them's son. And so they have to divert It's like 106 miles. They still have a toddler and they're walking now probably for five to six days to make it to a town called Nazareth where Jesus would have no reputation whatsoever because we know later on in Jesus' life important people look at him and say nothing good ever comes out of Nazareth. Does anybody want to bow their heads right now and ask God to bless us? Because here's what I find out. I find out our version of the Christmas story is that God blessed Mary with this wonderful opportunity to have give birth to the Son of God. But actually what happened was God did bless Mary, but he and when he blessed Mary, he blessed everybody through Mary, but it was the most difficult thing she had ever done in her life. It was the most difficult thing Joseph would ever do in his life. The Bible doesn't record Joseph running anymore after, after Jesus, after they get to Nazareth. The, the Bible doesn't record, them once Jesus grows up, they're, they're doing their own thing. Mary's doing her own thing. There's, but the blessing that's going to come out of her is this super difficult thing. I started thinking about Blessing this time of year and what it looks like and my expectations of it. My expectations of blessing. And uh, and I think I'm a lot like you. I, I, I try to figure things out before they happen. Anybody like that? I want to figure things out before they happen. And I run through all kinds of scenarios in my mind and I think this is the way God's going to bless me. The angel of the Lord came to me and said, I'm going to bless you. I would say, oh, I know how that's going to happen. I know how it's going to happen. He's going to, He's going to increase my influence. He's going to increase my bank account. He's going he's to do all the things that I wish were better in my life. He's just going to, you've been blessed. And then everybody will look at me. Everybody will look at me and be able to tell that I'm blessed. Because listen, it's not a blessing unless they can tell, right? Unless you can take a picture of it and post it for the world to see. Because how do you hashtag blessed if it doesn't look like it? I need an Instagram picture, Lord. I need something I need something I can show the whole world because if, oh, here's what happens. If I'm gonna invite people to church, it needs to look like church is working in me. Right? So, if, so think about this. Mary and Joseph could have, think about their Instagram feed. Wouldn't that be awesome? Think about their Instagram feed. They could be like, um, um, just had a dream. Uh, a, a, Gabriel just came to me, we're going to have a son of God. Hashtag blessed. She, just stop that, please. <laughs> and, and you hear the town like, oh. You know, her likes, everybody's following. Joseph's Instagram post looks exact opposite. (laughs) My wife just told me she was pregnant and um, there's not another dude. (laughs) Hashtag what? (laughs) Still blessed. Um... We're on our journey. Joseph just told me we had to go to Bethlehem. So excited, blessed. Imagine the next picture. They're standing behind the donkey trying to push him. So you see, what happens sometimes is the blessing of God in our lives doesn't look like blessing. And so it confuses us. And we get confused because we... We don't understand what's happening. We don't understand. Well, Lord, you said, you said this was going to be a blessing to all people. You said this was going to be amazing. You, you told me. You, you came to me. I didn't ask for any of this. You came to me. So what, what I found out was is that what did the angel say to her at the beginning? He just said to her, you're going to be pregnant, and it's the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to give birth to the Son of God, full stop. Full stop. Didn't give them any more information. Because, like you, if we get too much information up front, we'll dip out of the journey. Imagine this imagine if you knew all the things you would have to go through the day you said, I do. We won't stay there very long. Uh, it's Christmas. I want everybody to go home happy. Imagine all the things if you knew up front with your job, with your kids, with your neighbors, you'd, you, you would have never moved in that development. But all we know is what God gives us right now, the step, the next step, the next step. You're, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and you're going to give birth And you're going to call him Jesus. And Mary did the right thing. I'm your servant. Let it be as you said. So what happens is, is that God gives us enough information to make the next step in faith. And enough information to make the next step in faith. He never unveils the whole scroll to us. Because what would happen? I'm telling you right now, I would quit if I knew. Lord, I'm not signing up for somebody to try to kill my kid. I'm not doing it. I'm not signing up to do all that. I'm not signing up for all of this. If he'd have told her at the beginning, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God, he's going to live to be a little over 30 years old, and they're going to kill him in front of you. You think she'd have sang a song right after that? He gives us what we need in the moment to be blessed. He gives us what we need in the moment to be blessed. The truth is I can't handle everything up front. And I'm reminded of that famous quote, you can't handle the truth. Real blessing in our lives comes like childbirth. The news is exciting, but the pushing part is never fun. We, uh, we've had the privilege here at, the, at Hedgesville Church, there are a pile of new babies here in this church. Isn't that cool? New babies. New babies, new babies, new babies. And I, 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 I'm I, pretty familiar with that with that process. And and I watched it, the, the unique thing about this season in our church is that there were a lot of people pregnant at the same time, having babies at the same time. So we have all these new babies right now. And that's awesome. But you can also watch the progression. So everybody's pregnant, everybody finds out at the same time and it's like, yeah, look at this, this is awesome, we're all pregnant, it's so cool, it 's amazing. It was really neat to see about eight months later there were no smiles on Sunday morning. I was like, how are you doing? They're like, I mean, it." And the husband's like, dude, I don't... Just, we're just praying God takes it quick. Like, l- Lord, let's... And I started, I-, I started realizing like, oh, wait, 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 eight months ago this was, this was the best thing that ever happened. Now... Now we're like, Lord, just let it be over. I wonder if Mary felt like that. I wonder if what started looking like a blessing at some point in her time, she didn't say, Lord, let it be over. Just, but there's something about blessing that is like childbirth, that when we get the news up front, it's overwhelmingly exciting and it's amazing. And And then we get to the stage where they're yelling, push! And you're like, get out of my face. <laughs> Push. And so when you find out what the birth of Christ is, there was this joy and overwhelming. And, 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 and Mary could go to Elizabeth and, and Elizabeth's baby would jump in, his, in her belly. It was this, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. And then to get the blessing out came great trials came great effort to take care of the blessing after they received it. Took strategy and obedience and work. It wasn't easy. It wasn't wasn't a hashtagable moment. It It wasn't a come follow me because Jesus is amazing. It was we just had Jesus and now we're running. Real blessing is a lot like childbirth. The Christmas story is a story of great blessing coming through great pain. How many times in four or five years could you say, are you kidding me? We've got to pick up and leave again? Are you kidding me? This is happening now? Here's what I found out over the years. It's never wise to gauge whether God is blessing me by my current circumstances. Now, now, I know that might sound conflicted and confusing because we always gauge blessing according to our circumstances. So if I'm sick, I'm not being blessed. If, if, if I'm having difficulty in my family, I'm not being blessed. If, if there's not enough money in the bank, I'm not being blessed. And the mistake would be to gauge your blessed, the blessing God is in, putting in you and through you by your current circumstances because there was many times in the early life of Jesus and during his birth that you would never label those people Blessed. It's just not what we would label them. But the fact of the matter is, they were the most blessed people on the planet. Jesus was being born. Jesus was being being taken care of by Mary and Joseph. It was unbelievable. And now, thousands of years later, we're looking back on it going, man, she gave birth to the Son of God. This is what we're celebrating. But in that moment, if you compare how he came to earth and how some other person came to earth, it's not even comparable. A king's baby would have been born in lavish splendor. But the son of God born in a manger. God, how does that happen? How does that happen? Because blessing comes through pain sometimes. I... Um, I asked Pastor Adam if I should say this again. He said yes. So if you've heard this before, blame him. There's so many new people coming in. I don't know what you've heard and what you haven't heard. But there was a season in in Beth and I's life, probably four or five years ago, where um, we didn't feel blessed. I've since learned to not feel anything. (laughs) It's a great coping mechanism. But I don't, let me explain that. I don't, I don't operate on, on feelings. I, I always tell my kids, and you've heard me say this before, don't, don't start out a sentence and say, I feel. Start out the sentence and say, I think. It's more intelligent because your feelings will always drag you in the direction you shouldn't go. So so I was realizing we, we were not feeling blessed at the time and we were down in the dumps. We were, uh, you know, some things had happened. We were upset and uh, I, I, we found ourselves in a, in a counselor's office and I was, I was pontificating about the reasons that I wasn't blessed. And I thought I was doing a good job about it. I thought when I got done talking, he would go, oh man, it is bad. <laughs> yeah, here's a script. Take this, see me in two weeks. But fortunately, he was, he was versed in scripture and, um, and a great man of God. And he looked at me and he said... Um, he said, just because things are this way now means God wasn't blessing you then? And I went, well, I mean, wow. I went to look at Beth and say, why are we paying him? And what the mistake I had made was gauging, all, gauging God's blessing in my life about what was currently happening, not being able to know anything past what was going to happen. And so... So I was down in the dumps because of what was happening, and the real thing that was happening was God was trying to get something out of me. And the only way to get it out of me, or to mature it in me, was to walk me through a process. Come on, some of you should say amen, you're in the process right now. Was to walk me through a process. So, so, so watch this, in scripture, if you, if you remember we read through all that scripture, Multiple times in the, Bible, in the story of Jesus coming to earth, it said to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. To fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. To fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. You can say, Lord, why am I walking through this? And God looks at us and he says, to fulfill what was put in place already. And here's what I find out. Jesus had to go to Bethlehem to be born. Jesus had to go to Nazareth to grow up. Jesus had to go to Egypt because you know why? Because it was already part of the plan put in place. And so when we look at his difficulties, it's just part of the process of God blessing everyone. Do you see how that works? God, why am I walking through this to fulfill? Why am I having to do this to fulfill? Because, because it's easy for us to go back and read prophecy that has already happened and read when it's already fulfilled. But when it's happening currently in our lives, it's harder to figure out. And so what we can be confident of is if you're waking up in the morning praying, God, direct my steps. You said you'd be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and I trust you with that. Then whatever is happening is to Fulfill. To fulfill, to fulfill, to fulfill. God, I trust you that there's difficulty in my life right now. You promised a blessing to me, but I, but I believe right now that the difficulty I'm walking through is to fulfill ultimately the blessing that you're pouring out on me. So Mary and Joseph went. They did what they had to do. They went where they had to go. They took care of Jesus. I want to point out this One other thing really quick. You realize in verse 38, there's one little thing that stuck out to me of Luke. It says, when Mary responds to the angel Gabriel, she says this, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's an awesome statement. May your word to me be fulfilled. If you can find that, put it back up on the screen. Verse 38, it says, then the angel left her. I started thinking about that after I read that. It says, then the angel left her. You know, every time God tells me he's going to bless me, I want him to hang out for the whole time. Anybody else? Lord, you said you blessed me. You blessed me with this kid, and then you wanted me to raise it. I don't even know what I'm doing. It'd be nice if you posted an angel here every day. So when I screw up, he could tap me on the shoulder and say, don't do that. This is what you need to do. So so it's not like God left her. It's not like he left them alone. But are there ever a time, is there ever a time in your life where you get this exciting news and you're trying to figure out how it's going to work and then it's not working out, but the angel has left? And you're wondering, what? What now? The angel, 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 Gabriel. It'd be nice if you came back and told us what to do. Gabriel, why did you walk away? The angel left her. So many times in our lives where God proclaims a blessing on our life, the thing seems to turn and twist and do all these things that you don't expect. And the angel has left and you don't know who to ask, what to do, and it just doesn't seem right. We don't feel blessed anymore. But what we need to remember is sometimes it's pushing time. To get what God has for you out of you, you have to go through all the steps. Just like pregnancy is a blessing and a process, you can't skip any steps. You can't skip any steps in the pregnancy. It doesn't work if you skip the steps. It doesn't work if you jump ahead. It doesn't work if you fall. It doesn't work. And you have to trust that God is working out the process just like he did in Jesus' life, just like he did in Mary and Joseph's life. He's working out the process in your life. All this took place to fulfill. The whole process in your life is what God is worried about because he's not just concerned about blessing you. He's concerned about blessing people through you. He's not just concerned about blessing you and you're making your life hashtagable. He's wanting to bless people through you. So the process might be to get you in a position where you didn't ordin- wouldn't ordinarily be or wouldn't ordinarily go to bless people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet or ordinarily be around. And so when he, when, 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 he, when he steers you this way and when he steers you that way and when this didn't work out when you thought it would and when this didn't happen when you thought it would and when this didn't come in when you needed and when all these things happen, you realize it's to fulfill his will, Job's Said no plan of his can be thwarted. He's guiding and directing your steps every step of the way. And if somebody threatens you, he can move you to another town. If some if, if something's happening, he can, he can rearrange it for you. He's already got the plan in place. He's just trying to bless you and bless people through you. But it may not look like it. So I want to encourage you: Christmas season. Maybe you're walking to Bethlehem. I just, a couple months ago, I just got some good news. God's going to bless us. And now there's this difficulty in my life. The only thing God's requiring you to do is keep walking. Try to figure it out. Just keep walking. Maybe, Maybe you're in a place where you thought, I thought this would look different right now. I could, I could see Mary in the stable looking around going, really? I thought this would look different. I thought it'd be clean. I thought my mom would be here. I thought I thought there'd be people here to help us. Maybe you're in a place right now where you, I didn't think it was going to look this way. I, when I thought back 10 years ago, when I came to Christ, when I thought back 20 years ago when I came to Christ, I, I thought he said he was going to bless me. said he had a plan for me. I didn't, I didn't expect it to look this way right now. I didn't expect it to turn out this way. My word is to you is just keep, just stay with it. Just, just stay with it. If you're in a stable right now, make the best out of the stable. If you're in a stable right now, Realize you're fulfilling something that God has planned for you. Realize that, that it's not by mistake, that it's not, that it's not, a, that it's not a punishment from God. If, if you feel like you're in a stable right now, if, if your life is not what you expected to be at this moment, realize that it's not God withdrawing his blessing from you. It might be him pushing his blessing out of you. It, it, might, be him, it might be him ramping the thing up. And, and it's just that we didn't expect it to look like that. If you feel like you're running for your life this morning, like Mary and Joseph, you feel like, you feel like, man, I don't, I don't, I got I, to I, I get, I, I get out of here. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't. Trust God today that he's not, that he's not Condemning you, that he's not—he's not got his thumb down on you. But he's saying, "I'm going to bless you." And this is part of the process of getting the blessing out. This is part of the process of 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 pushing a blessing out. It's part of the process of of becoming someone that can bless other people. It's part—it's part of it. It's part of it. In a place where it seems like things were coming together only to have one more trial, don't give up. Just like God sent his son to the earth not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. But he came in the midst of turmoil. He came in the midst of difficulty. He came in the midst of pain. He came in the midst of unsuredness, He came in the midst of, I didn't think it was gonna work like this. And he blessed all of us. And Mary and Joseph, step by step by step said, God, if this is your will, bless us. If this is your will, bless people through us. If this is your will, Lord. We're your servants. So I want to pray with you this morning. I want to encourage you. Maybe you find yourself in a place like that. I want to encourage you that God is in the middle of blessing you today. God is in the middle of making you a blessing to other people. I know you can't put a picture on Facebook about it. I know, you, I know you're not going to be able to just go out and say, oh, look, it looks pretty. Look how great it looks. I, I, know, I know it's not a social media type look, but he is blessing you. He's working it out in your life right now. And I want you to be more confident about that than you've ever been in this season. More confident about that at this Christmas than you've ever been. No matter what it looks like, know that God is working out the blessing in your life. Trust him today, amen? Come on, could you stand with me? Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus. And Lord, this morning we thank you that it wasn't perfect. We thank you that it it wasn't this picturesque, perfect little scene with no blemishes. But Lord, it was full of trials and pain. It's full of difficulty, Lord, and standing here this morning, we can we can relate to that. We can relate to our Savior, and we ask you today to give us the confidence that Mary and Joseph had. That when you say you ble- you'll bless us, you will give us the confidence that even if our circumstances right now don't look like it, that we can have a faith that you're still working it out. Give us the confidence to know that you are for us and with us and nothing can separate us from your love. Give us the confidence to know that if it doesn't look great, you're still making things great. God, that you're working it out day after day after day. Put confidence in us this morning that just like you sent Jesus to bless the world, you've saved us to be a blessing. God, we... We pray that you give us a holy confidence this morning. In whatever circumstance we are in right now, we pray. I want to give you this opportunity if you just keep your heads bowed. Maybe you're here this morning for the first time and and maybe you're saying, man, my life is just not working out the way I thought it would work out. And you need to turn your life to him this morning, the one who knows all about that. And you need to surrender your life to him is a great opportunity to do that right now in this Christmas season. He wants to forgive you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you peace and hope and make sense of your life today. That he's guiding your steps. I want to pray with you and I want you to make that decision right now. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We pray, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins. We pray, Lord, that you cleanse us, Lord, that you that you clean the slate and you, we, that the blood of Jesus would make us right. We accept what Jesus did for us this morning. We accept that he died for us and paid the penalty for our sin and we accept that today. And we thank you for this opportunity to be forgiven. And we, we make the decision this morning to follow him as our Lord and Savior. And surrender our lives to him. And we pray that you'd work that blessing out in our lives from this day forward. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, could you say amen, church? Could you give him praise and honor for people who've made that decision this morning? Amen.